Welcome to Talking Yoga with Joe. I'm Yoga Joe, here for this podcast. This is uh, part two with my yoga teacher and friend, Diana Bellafato. Uh, this is a good podcast here with some nice information circling back on what is going on in the yoga world and Diana talking about her upcoming project. Uh, you can check out a lot of the work that Diana is doing on yoga and ayurvedaliving.com. So I'll put all that in the show notes, any of the links from the the podcast and what we talked about. So this is a good one here. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all are doing well, and I will see you soon. Diana Delafato, here again. Hi, Joe. Yeah. How are you? Hey, Diana. I'm doing good. We're, so we are circling back. You're actually the last podcast that I did, and uh, I appreciate talking to you. Thanks. I appreciate talking to you, too. And, yeah, we left off in March when the COVID, you know what, was hitting the fan, and we were going into lockdown, and now it's November. And I was saying it's November, and nothing has really changed. <laughs> There's still cases. Places are still locked down. But what's been going on with you? Uh, what's been going on with me? I haven't been teaching much yoga. I've been doing a lot of practice. So uh, with the extra time that I've, you know, gotten from this, I've really deepened my practice a lot. I, I feel like it's like a, a really nice uh, self-absorbed time I'm getting to have that I don't usually get to have. I get up in the morning and I'm just, you know, doing yoga stuff for like three hours. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And, uh, oh, it's Friday the 13th too, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah. So hopefully this gets posted in a couple of days now. But, you know, a lot of some studios closed or they closed and then they reopened, but they reopened at a lesser capacity. So mm-hmm. they don't, you know, need as many teachers. They don't have as many classes. You know, and then they're, or they're just, you know, teaching virtually. For whatever reason, I guess I resisted it. I didn't try to get into teaching online. I just took the time to, as you know from our last talk, that I was developing my own course or program. I don't know which word you would want to use for it. So I've taken the time to finish developing my course. And that's going to be launching soon there'll be a free webinar coming up i know we talked about discussing it at the end but it just came out now but there so, you go yeah so uh there'll be a free webinar coming soon i'll uh, give you the link to it if you want to share for people to sign up sure and it discusses what the course is about you know yuging, using using <gasps> yuga kali yuga Yuga. <laughs> right? I wonder why that came out. Um, using yoga and Ayurveda for wellness, either becoming well or maintaining wellness, right? Maybe if we more of us had that mentality of preventing disease, we would, you know, be a lot less stressed out. But if you are well, it's a great course for maintaining and deepening your wellness. If you're not well, you want to become well mm-hmm. on any level it's great for that too i'm excited about it Mm -hmm. so but in the webinar i'll 
I'll share more and anyone can sign up. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this like time period is um, meant to be going deep within? Like you mentioned teaching less and going back to your own practice. Is that, do you think, the purpose of this whole thing? I don't know. I guess, I guess for me it's been, but I've, and for some other people too, you yeah. know. Well, there's definitely been less public yoga classes in the world right now, mm -hmm. probably in, in a while. There's always been uh, classes of yoga being taught all over the world, and suddenly like it kind of significantly dropped and everything changed online. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if for those who used to go to classes a lot when things shut down, if they stopped doing yoga because they didn't have that physical class to go to, mm -hmm. or if they started to develop their own home practice, which to me is like the the ultimate goal. If yeah. you're if you're you know a yoga practitioner, to have your own practice, you know, mm -hmm. to not have that practice reluctance, as we call it, of doing yoga on your own. You only do it if you can go to a class. If you don't have a teacher telling you what to do, so you can just zone out, then you don't do it. You know, you, you're not as accountable. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to know, um, for those, like I said, who've been doing yoga, did their practice turn into their own home practice or did they start blowing it off because they didn't have anywhere to go? Or did they just hook into the, you know, online virtual classes, mm -hmm. you know? There's always been something special going to the yoga class, like the journey. Mm -hmm. Back when I was in New York, I used to like, take my car and drive to the train and take the train and get into the city and then from the city take like subways and walk a couple blocks. That was like my journey and I did that and now it's just like right here and I'm like, oh, this is so nice too, you know, yeah. having your own home personal practice. Yeah, I know that even, you know, insofar as exercise is concerned, there are those who won't do it unless they pay for a gym membership then they'll go out and go. And then some people, like myself, I won't go to a gym. I've never belonged to a gym, but I love to exercise, and it's never been a problem for me to be, you know, conscientious and do it. I, I you know, for me, it's, it's like punishment if I can't exercise. So, but I like to do it at home or just, you know, put my sneakers on and go out the door and go outside and do something. Mm -hmm. So I, but I get that. So everybody's different. And then there's that, that, uh, group of people who will sign up and pay for something and still won't go, you know. But then over time they learn that they're just wasting their money. At first they kid themselves and they say, well, if I, you know, if I buy the gym membership, then I have to go because I paid for it. And then they find that even though they paid for it, they're still not going. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So. You see a lot of people doing that with gym memberships. Mm -hmm. So that's true. You've never kind of went belonged to a gym? No, I've never... Never have. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of just do my own thing. Well, you do do your own thing. And you run and you're doing yoga and a lot of that you can do at home in your neighborhood too. Oh, yeah. That all running, obviously, you can just do anywhere. I run all year round except if there's ice on the ground. Mm -hmm. So I even run when it's really super cold and my eyelashes are freezing shut. But if there's ice on the ground, that's just stupid. Right. So I don't do that. But now, since having moved to South Carolina, for the first time, I'm running with a running group, the most awesome group of people. And that's cool because I've been running for like 35 years and never ran with a group before. And 
now I'm doing it. And it's, I like it. I like this just as much as I like running alone, you know? Yeah. In fact, I've gotten a little attached. I'm like, when I, when I leave South Carolina, I go up to New Jersey to do work, you know, and, and I run on my own. I'm like, where are my people? Where are mm -hmm. my friends? It's kind of weird. So is this part of Feet Fleet? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I know, so I know Fleet Fleet and uh, shout out to them because yeah. I've actually, I think been out there, um, once or twice before or right around the time I had, we had last kind of talked together in March and uh, that's cool that you have uh, kind of a community. Absolute total community so the yeah the shout out goes to the Fleet Feet store in downtown Somerville in Somerville South Carolina right. they're a really welcoming store and they you know host a lot of events and they just it's for Everyone, not just elite runners. Anybody at any you know level can go there, and it's very welcoming. That's how I met a bunch of people. I just was driving one day and saw the store, so I went home and I went online and looked it up, and I saw that they have these runs that you can go to on Monday night. So I just bellied up and met everyone who I run with now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's it's like a yoga community, but it's a running community. Yeah. And some of them do yoga. We've done yoga together, and some of them do it on their own places. Mm -hmm. So it's all good, as they say. <laughs> the big highlight I got last time to, when I talked to you, there were several, but you talked about nose breathing mm -hmm. when you're running. increases your It increased your um, speed or your stamina. Yes, I learned complete nasal breathing from one of my teachers, Dr. John Dulyard. He's one of our foremost leaders in Ayurveda here in the U.S., and he studied in India, and, you know, he's been doing this for a bazillion years. He is a former professional triathlete, a chiropractor, and a phys an Ayurvedic physician, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if he's technically an Ayurvedic doctor, but he is, for all intents and purposes, an Ayurvedic doctor. Mm -hmm. So he taught us complete nasal breathing in Ayurvedic school. The thing is, it, it gets into yoga where, you know, yoga, part of the goal of yoga, if you are to have a goal at all, is to dissolve ego. But when you're first starting out with complete nasal breathing, you're so slow, and people who run don't want to be slow. So they'll try it a little bit, and then they'll, a lot of people will blow it off because they'll say, I could barely run. I was practically walking when I started. I had to breathe through my mouth. I said, if you just give it time, it gets better, and the grass grows fast. And then before you know it, you can run just breathing in and out through your nose, not your mouth at all. Mm -hmm. And then you do eventually surpass your mouth breathing pace, meaning like for... If you if you start off and you're a mouth breather and you are running a 10 minute mile and just you know an average pace like that 10 minute mile with mouth breathing, if you start practicing nasal nasal breathing, depending on how again conscientious you are with it, within time you, you can take easily a minute off your pace. I did, wow. I took a minute off my mile, which is a ton. That was years ago. Since then, I've slowed down a little bit for various reasons. But uh, I think when I first started, I was running like a nine-minute mouth-breathing mile. And then within three months, I was down to an eight-minute mile. So when you say mouth-breathing, I don't want to picture you and somebody like <sighs> panting like a dog and you're like running tongue out. <laughs> you're like just inhalation, exhalation through the mouth like this. Yeah, inhale, exhale through the mouth. My tongue wouldn't hang out, but I was probably... 
a louder than average mouth breather. Mm-hmm. But I switched to the nasal breathing and it was awesome because the, the benefits go beyond just getting faster. You don't build up as much lactic acid. Mm-hmm. You so so you re, you recover faster. You know, mouth breathing is the sympathetic response in the body. So all the bad stuff that goes along with that, the increased cortisol release and being tighter and everything, it actually compresses your cranial bones. You know, the bones that are on your brain, it squeezes your brain basically. So all the bad stuff associated with sympathetic nervous system is what you get when you mouth breathe. When you nasal breathe, you get parasympathetic. So you can run longer. You're not as sore after you don't have as much lactic acid buildup. And and you get faster. Just all good stuff from doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you just try it, like I, I encourage people, right? We encourage people with pranayama practice mm-hmm. to do pranayama practices. But just to try just the nasal breathing, it's it feels really good. Yeah. And for, for some people say, well, I tried it. It didn't work. Or I have asthma. I can't do it. It's because they just didn't give it long enough. If you try it for like a couple times or a week and you say, I can't do it because I have asthma... You're, you're not giving it the time or you're trying to go too fast because I've had asthma. I have a slightly deviated septum and I can do it. I also have a type of anemia called thalassemia minor. So part of what comes with that lovely gift is that um, I don't get as much oxygen to the red blood cells as someone who doesn't have it. So I run more slowly, but it even helped me, you know, increase my, my, uh, my pace. You say that, but even just with your mouth breathing, it's much better than uh, a lot of runners' speeds as well. There, it's pretty fast. Oh no, no, no! It's not what it was. What I told you it was. That was many years ago. Now I'm I'm slower now. Yeah. But you know, I don't care. I love running. If I cared yeah. a lot about how fast I was running, I wouldn't be running anymore. Because for someone who's been running for 35 years. I guess I should technically be faster than I am, but that's not what it's about for me. Sure, once in a while you want to, you know, get fat, go faster, and you're like, "Ooh, I wonder how, wonder how well I did," you know. But that's not what drives me to run. I just love to run. Mm-hmm. I love to run. In fact, you know, depending on who I'm running with, uh, sometimes I'll want to try to run faster because I'm like, "Oh, I haven't talked to that person in a while," and I try to run up and catch up to her and talk to her. Or oh, that person started, you know, a minute or two back there, so I'm going to slow down and wait for them to catch up to me, and then I want to talk to them while we're running. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. sometimes I want to be, like, in the pack but by myself, so I'm kind of just running alone but within the pack. It just depends. But uh, speaking of pranayama or breath control and running, mm-hmm. that's the other nice thing about if you want to try this, because I know you run, if you want to develop a complete nasal breathing runability, once you do that, you can also practice ujjayi when you run. It is possible to get into a really nice zone and do ujjayi breathing while you're running. So ujjayi, uh, I think I asked you on this last one, Like, is it is it that vocal cord breathing where you're breathing down the back of your throat, that ocean sound, or is the ocean sound like the nasal breathing, the inhale, the exhale through the nose? Well... We describe it as having an ocean sound or Darth Vader breath. What you're doing is you're breathing just in and out through your nose. Your mouth is closed. Mm -hmm. And there's just a a little bit of constriction at the base of the throat, a little hug, as you say, of the area, the the glottis and the epiglottis. So you're just bearing down on the base of your throat a little bit. But you're breathing through your nose, but you're taking the breath immediately to the back of the throat instead of 
you know, like when we're mm-hmm. trying to smell something. That's it's, also a quick breath. It's very short when you do that. Well, yeah, when you do it that way, yeah. yeah. But when you do ujjayi, you can get a longer Long. inhale. You can get a nice pause at the top of the breath, a hold, a kumbhaka, right? And then a, an even longer exhale. So when I teach it, at first I teach it by telling people, don't eat, you can do it with your mouth open to start. It's as if you're trying to fog up a mirror. If you're trying to fog up a mirror, you don't blow on it and go like you're blowing out a candle or something. Mm-hmm. You fog up the mirror by going further back. Right. It's that. It's like, and you have to squeeze your throat a little bit to go right. Mm-hmm. So I tell people to try it with exhale out of the mouth first because that seems to be the easiest way to produce that sound. Exhale through the mouth like you're fogging up a mirror and then keep your mouth open and do a reverse fogging of the mirror. Like pretend the mirror is behind your head. So you want to inhale to fog it up. Right? And then they'll get the basic grasp of how to hug at the throat and and produce that and then start practicing it with the mouth closed. Mm -hmm. But since you practice it and you run, you can start, you know, getting into nasal breathing and then you can also add in ujjayi when you run and mudra, right? Mm -hmm. I hold, um, you know, chin mudra when I run, you know, yeah. So that's pointer finger and thumb finger. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that would be good to do, I should do too, but then I'm afraid I might make too much of a clenched fist. When you bring your thumb into your palm and then wrap your other fingers around it, uh-huh. that helps you to, I forget the name of the mudra, but it helps you get into the lower lobes of the lungs. So that would be a good mudra for running as long as you don't grip your hands too tightly. So they're loose and you're grabbing your thumbs. Yeah, so your thumb folds into your palm and then you just wrap your other fingers around, you know, kind of like you're making a fist, mm-hmm. but just a, not a tight squeeze. Mm-hmm. But I do, basically do chin mudra when I run a lot. That is cool. The similarities between the yoga and the running. Yeah, it is. It I is. was going to ask, um, the, I love the nasal, the nasal breathing, like it is calming, relaxing. When you were mentioning starting to breathe through the mouth, you could also do like an inhalation through the mouth, exhalation through the nose, or the other way around, an inhalation through the nose or an exhalation through the mouth. For when for you're anything, running, really. for, for anything, yeah. So yeah. if you're just getting into it, you know, just do, yeah, inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, mm-hmm. just to get started before you switch to completely through the nose, you mean? Yeah, it's a little yoga geeky. Yeah. But like I was discovering this one day, it was not something I like read, but I was like either four different ways I could breathe. My nose breathing, my mouth breathing, or in nose, out mouth, in mouth, out nose. That would be four different ones, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just pretty cool because if we are challenged with that nasal breathing, well, we can do that inhale longly through the nose, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people want to exhale out through the mouth if they're beginning because mm-hmm. also that feels feels nice, right? It's like a sigh. Yeah. Well, and some people use the mouth exhale to cool the body down because that's cooling. Right. Would you recommend that? Are you a fan of that type of breathing to build up to nasal breathing? Sure. Yeah, whatever gets you there. That's fine. That's fine. And, you know, as you know, but a lot of people don't know, they think, especially because, you know, we're in the West, they think yoga is a bunch of pretzely poses. It's, I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to say that that's nothing, but, you know, the breath work and all the other stuff is really the juicy yoga, and there's so much breath work. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you say you're doing more of your yoga stuff, is it uh, all that stuff too? 
Well, actually, so what has happened to me is my practice was always really breath-based and meditation and not so much yoga poses. Like I would do yoga poses while teaching a class, you know, goof around while I'm guiding the class, start to get into a pose and whatever. But then my practice alone at home was always um, about 45 minutes of pranayama and some meditation. Now, what happened with the inception of COVID, I actually switched to a much more physical practice. I got involved uh, in a, a program that I'm doing online. Uh, and if, okay, so I'll give another shout out. So the program I'm doing is called Body Breakthrough with Brian Aganod. And it's, uh, it's mindset training, and it's the physical postures of yoga and some other exercises, fundamental exercises that help you build up to the yoga postures. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very physical, which is a switch for me. Usually, you know, most, when most people, when they think of yoga, they think of the poses. When I think of yoga, I think of the breath work, meditation and everything else. So now I've switched to a more conventional kind of, um, modern, you know, Western practice, but it's, it's what I need right now because I was having a lot of pain in my body with scoliosis and I had my one-on-one call with Brian and, you know, we talked about me joining the program and I joined and I have certain goals and one of which is to get out of pain. And it's really helped with my back over the years. My back started going out on me the last couple of years because I've done a lot of uh, physical labor in my jobs. And with the scoliosis, it was a, and, and poor movement patterns basically boils down to. So my back was starting to not be reliable and going out, like they say. And ever since I started Brian's program, it's really, it's been great. It's been amazing for my back and for my mindset. So I've switched to more physical right now because that's what I need. That's really serving me right now. I still have the other parts too, but more very physical stuff right now I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So were you doing yoga asanas back then too? When I was doing my pranayama mainly, when was you I were doing... you just saying that you were in pain and a lot of the physical... I wasn't doing so much asana. I was mm-hmm. running through all that, you know, stretching, a little asana here and there, not much. Mm-hmm. But I, what I was doing, what was brought to my attention by, by Brian and the program is that when I would lift heavy things, I was doing what a lot of us do with our bodies. I was just muscling my way through using my, my, um, my trapezius muscles, my neck muscles, just doing that whole upper shoulder thing instead of working with the muscles we should be working with. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning how to move uh, correctly now, how to engage my muscles properly when I'm lifting heavy things at work and when I'm doing yoga poses or you know, anything I'm trying to do that involves needing strength and mobility in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you, do you think that we get enough strength from the yoga practice, or is it, you know, we tend to rely a lot on the, we do more, a lot of flexibility? If done correctly, you get amazing strength buildup from yoga, if done correctly. You get, you get everything from yoga, except, you know, a, a cardio workout. If done correctly, you, you shouldn't be huffing and puffing when you're doing yoga. But everything else you can get from yoga, everything. Mm-hmm. Complete practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, so it's like the definition of yoga, you know, union. It just brings everything together. You get everything. Together. Yeah. Right. 
Well, you're doing amazing. You're doing online stuff too with your yoga, and amazing stuff. I'd like to hear more about it. Well, so the course is, uh, cons- it's five months long, which I know for a lot of people might sound like a lot, but then I would ask those people if all the 30-day challenges and quick fix things that they've tried, if, if they've worked for them long term, or did it just get them into size X dress for the wedding or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. So... My program is more for people who want to create lasting transformation instead of just get a a quick fix that doesn't last. And it addresses, you know, again, everything, mindset, the physical part of yoga, uh, meditation, everything, diet and lifestyle, bringing in the Ayurvedic piece. So it's using the tools of yoga and Ayurveda for wellness. And the way we do it is there's a website you go to you know you you invest in the course you go to the website and you start doing it and you're guided by audio trainings videos written worksheets uh, and then there'll be a using zoom i guess as the platform we'll be doing a live call at least every two weeks maybe once a week where whoever whoever's in the course Mm -hmm. gets on this call we see each other hear each other bounce ideas off of each other and i go over what we've been doing and what we're going into next in the in the course and then there will also be a private facebook page that anyone who's in the course can be in so it's like a support system for those of us that are doing it. it's great to have like-minded people around right that's why like people go to a yoga class because they want to be in a room with other people doing yoga to keep them you know accountable mm-hmm. right goes back to that thing where you know not a lot of people do yoga at home on their own they need mm-hmm. some sort of little little push and mm-hmm. that's fine you know we're here to help each other out yeah that's what it's about well i'll put the links and help you out and uh, share with people because I think that's great. That would be great. Yeah, and it's for anyone. It's for, you don't even have to have ever seen a yoga mat to, to be in the program. It's right. very much geared to, to beginners or for people who want to learn more because there's the Ayurvedic component too, which not a lot of us know that much about yet, but it's growing. Yeah, cool. Well, last words because I know you mentioned like putting out some public questions out for people, but what are some... Uh, things that you want to leave people off with and maybe uh, think about? I'd I'd like to know for those who want to do more exercise or do more yoga, what kinds of things are you looking for in a class or a program? Are you wanting to join something where, you know, you're committed to something for a month, two months, three months? for some sort of transformation or do you want to just do you know pop into a class but what is it that you want to work on is it physical body like there's always the weight loss thing or for some people it's stress reduction mm-hmm. or you know i just want to get a really strong core what is it or i want to learn about yoga philosophy or all this breath work you're talking about what is all this breath work because you can get so much from that i just want to know what people what people want what they need is another story they don't (laughs) really know what they need sometimes but i want to know what they want would be nice to hear yeah that's awesome and maybe it is we need all of it but it's just like knowing how much and the right the right amount Mm -hmm. of all of it too Mm -hmm. 
yoga is like so much and it's hard to do all you can't do all the poses at the same time no <laughs> but that's why i stuck with yoga because it, yeah. it, it never ends I, other things i did were boring yoga is so interesting and you'll never be done yeah you'll never finish i know that's what i love about it and there's many things i say i love about yoga but um i'm happy when i get to sit down with you because it it i'm very humbled you know, to speak into a, a yoga teacher like you that has had more experience than me and just learning everything, you know, that you know, it's, it's, it makes me uh, humbled and proud. Well, thanks, but you don't have to have, you know, just because someone has a lot of experience doesn't mean they necessarily know more. Sometimes they just needed to be doing it longer because they, they just needed more yoga. Maybe you haven't, you know, needed as much, you know. I've just been more of a, a work in progress, so I've had to study more and you know fix my body so to speak and my my mind you know some people are naturally yogic i think i needed more of the uh the training right you know? well no i'm a work in progress <laughs> myself and something that you said in the podcast and i go back to that a lot but this stuck with me where you said you know when you begin meditating when you begin something it opens up this pathway and that pathway can be very uncomfortable or painful until you get to the healing mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah when you're doing yoga it creates a pathway of release for whatever needs to come out and you know you know you've learned that you, you know you have a lot of vata in your body vata being the ayurvedic thing which means that that which moves things so you're already a very very movement oriented to begin with in your body and have certain elements that can build up more easily and create pain and then move around in the body, we'll say. And I think it's even greater when we can take care of ourselves, you know. We all need help. We all need to go to someone once in a while. But wouldn't it be great if you could just get on your mat and say, oh, I need to adjust myself today. And you just mm -hmm. do your adjustment. Yeah, but I will link uh, everything to your page, and uh, that was great, Dan. I appreciate you. Okay, yeah. thanks, Joe. Okay.